Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The Word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. How many like these t-shirts? Mode of a mood. Isn't that awesome? They're available. I have to order some more. I know. Oh, I think they're going by pretty, pretty, pretty fast. So we'll, we'll be ordering some more. We ordered, I think, 30. But I think we need some more. Um, but this is not just a cool t-shirt or something that, you know, we just came up with because we think it's cool. Um, it's a word that the Lord gave me. And he gave it, I believe... He gave it to me, but he gave it specifically to this church, and I want to really take some time uh, for the next couple of weeks to share with you what mode over mood means, because I believe it's a mantra of heaven. I believe it's something that we all need to embrace. I believe this is going to structure how you approach life, and what I see as I look around is that many people's destinies are being aborted. Many people are losing out on things that God has given them. It's because they've given into their moods, you know, and mood swings can swing you out of purpose. And I want you to really understand the the sensitivity of this because throughout the scripture, you'll see God addressing emotions. Emotions are good. Emotions are good. Can somebody say emotions are good? So I'm not one of those people that say, oh, you know, emotions are bad. You can't live by your emotions. No, emotions are good. The emotions you have have been given to you by God. Anybody have felt angry before? Well, you know what? There's something called the holy anger. Holy anger. Right? There's a fleshly anger, but there's a holy anger. Yeah, absolutely. There, there is a time to be angry. The Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. Right? So there's a, there, there's a way to express anger, right? Um, anyone have felt sad before? Right? We felt sad before. The Bible shows that God has felt sad at times. Yeah. Sadness is, a, is an emotion that heaven understands, right? Anyone felt joy before, happy before, excited before? right? These are all emotions that, that come from heaven. Now, there are some emotions that don't come from heaven. Anybody felt lazy before? <laughs> Anybody felt lazy before? Anybody felt demotivated before? Discouraged before? Those are all emotions that heaven is not co-signing on. It speaks to it. It empowers you to live out from it, But that's not something that God wants you to ever feel. That's not something that God ever wants you to experience. He doesn't ever want you to give in to discouragement. He doesn't want to ever ever see you live in a state of depression. Right? These are all emotions. And we are moving into a place where we're going to contextualize our lives by mode. Mode speaks of the setting that you should be living under. the, the, The position you should be. Mood is, you know, I feel this way, I feel that way. Well, I feel like doing this, I feel like doing that. Mood can just go in and out, but mode speaks of a setting or a set place. And God wants you to operate from a set place. And when you operate from a set place, you see God's best in your life. 
And so we're just speaking this over your life. This is not just a series that's going to be here for a couple of weeks. This is something that you're going to remember. And when you're in a position and when you're in a situation where you feel like giving into your flesh, giving into your emotions, giving into something that you know is not the plan of God, you're going to say, no, mode over mood. Somebody say mode over mood. God wants you to live by mode. He wants you to live by purpose. He wants you to live on schedule. He wants you to live on time. Amen. He wants you to live by a set position. That's what's true of you today in the name of Jesus. Look at Proverbs 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger. Notice, it didn't say the person who never gets angry. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. The person who rules his spirit is better than the one who takes a city. Why? Anybody can take something. Not anybody can keep something. The person who rules his spirit is the person who's in a position not only to receive, but also to keep. Many people have lost jobs because they just was, they couldn't deal with a boss. And they let their mood take them out. Many who have lost opportunities that God placed in their hands because they gave in to envy, jealousy, selfishness, anger, depression, whatever. They gave into a certain mood. So it's not about taking a city. It's about ruling your spirit. I'm speaking this over your life. You will rule your spirit in Jesus' name. And you'll be one who is mightier than the person who takes a city. Anyone can take a city. Anyone can take something. Can you keep it? Can you keep it? Can you hold on to what God has given you? That's the true mark. That's the true mark of what God speaks of when he speaks of mode over mood. Can you keep what I've given you? Jesus in John chapter 17 spoke that to the Father. He says, all that you've given me, I have not lost one. Why could Jesus say, I haven't lost one except Judas, the one who would betray him? It's because Jesus lived mode over mood. You don't think Jesus had emotions where he wanted to go against the will of God and wanted to live in his flesh? He said it in the very end. He says, don't you think I can call a legion of angels and they will deliver me from this? When he said, nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. What was he saying? Mode over mood. I don't want this cup. I don't want to drink this cup. I don't want to suffer the cross. But I'd rather live in mode over than what I'm feeling at the moment. This is why the Bible says he's been given a name high above every name. Why? He lived mode over mood. The same is true for you in the name of Jesus. Let's look at another scripture in Proverbs that I like. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Imagine that. You have no rule over your spirit, so you're like a city broken down without walls. In other words, anyone can come and exploit you. Anyone can come and plunder you. Anyone can come and manipulate you. Anyone can come and move you out of your place of destiny. Why? You're a city without walls. There are people who are in prison for the rest of their life, and they've made one mistake. Because they got to a place where they gave in to their emotions and their emotions took over them. And they made one mistake, one critical mistake, and they're gone for the rest of their life. City without walls. No, that's not our destiny. The Lord is going to fortify you. He's going to keep you. He's going to cause you to live mode over mood. Turn your name and say, you're going to live mode over mood. 
1 Corinthians 13, verse 11. This is going to bless you. Now, 1 Corinthians 13 is a, is a um, chapter about walking in love. It says love is kind, right? Love is patient. Love is, doesn't envy. It doesn't, it doesn't boastful. Bears all things. Believes all things. Anybody know the, the love chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. And then it gets to this particular verse that I like. It says, when I was a child... I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, I like that particular scripture because what's, what Paul is saying is a true mark of walking in maturity is walking in love. Right? And if you want to practice mode over mood, the very first part you're going to have to practice is your love walk with people because your mood will want to take you a different place. You, you know what it is, right? I said it before. You want, Lord, give me more patience. The Lord said, okay, here, here's a person. Practice patience. Right? Lord, make me, make, make me more loving. Oh, you want to be more loving? Cool. Let me send you someone that you deem unlovable. Practice being loving. Right? Your relations with people is what will test your maturity. And so he says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now, notice this. It doesn't say I put away childish things and then I became a man. Some people would think that. Some people would think that if you want to be mature, you have to first put away these childish things. Now you're mature. That's not what it says. It says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. What does that mean? That means there is a point in your life where you will mature and you will be a mature person, but there will be childish things around you. That you now have the responsibility to put away. See, maturity is not maturity because you've put away childish things. It's when you recognize this is childish, I don't need this anymore, it's out of place, this, doesn't, this is not compatible with me anymore, I need to move it out. Some of you, you're mature, but you still have childish things in your life. You have things that are immature in your life. You have ways of thinking that are in your life. But you're mature. You know better. You understand as a mature believer. You know how to speak as a mature believer. But there's things in your life that need to be put away. Think of it this way. You ever, your clothes size needs to change. I'll say it that way. Right? You ever get to your closet, you look inside your closet, and you realize, this doesn't fit me anymore. And you come to that point where you say, because this doesn't fit me anymore, I need to put it away. Now, you're mature. You know exactly what you need, but you've come to a place where you realize there's things in my life that do not suit me, that are no longer compatible with my life. I need to put it away. You only can do that if you are a mature believer. Immature people cannot put childish things away. You must be mature to put it away. You don't become mature because you put it away. You understand what I'm saying? Children think they need everything. No, no, I need this. Well, adults too, you know. 
I don't want to throw this away. I need this. I need this. But when you are mature, you, are re you recognize this no longer suits me. This no longer works for me. This no longer brings me to the place I need to go to. Notice, notice what it says. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. Somebody say spoke. I understood. Somebody say understood. And I thought as a child. Say thoughts. Those are the three things that I want you to really pay careful attention to because that will be the markers of where you are in your spiritual walk. How you speak, how you understand, and how you think. How you speak, how you understand, and how you think. I want to talk to you today about how you think. You're going to have to think on a different plane if you're going to live mode over mood. I'm going to help somebody today. You're going to learn to manage your thoughts so that you don't give yourself over to things that bring you into a place of destruction. Some of, your, some of you, your minds are everywhere. And you're inconsistent in your thinking patterns. And you have patterns that are immature. You know what's right, but you have patterns of thinking that is not right. And it brings you into different places of feelings and emotions. But today is a day of breakthrough for you. No longer will you think on things that bring you into a place of despair, discouragement, a place of being demotivated that ends today in the name of the Lord. Colossians chapter 3, look at verse 1 to 2. It says, if then you were raised with Christ. How many have been raised with Christ? All right, you've been raised with Christ. That means you're at a different place. You're at a different level. You're with Christ. Christ is not doing certain things. There's certain levels of thinking that he doesn't embrace. He's thinking on a different level. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind. Somebody say, set your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your mind. Set your mind. We're talking about mode over mood. If you're going to live mode over mood, you're going to have to set your mind on certain things. Now, let me explain to you what I mean when I say set your mind on certain things. To set your mind on certain things, you have to plan what you're going to think. It's like a chess player. I used to love chess. I have an embarrassing story to tell you, actually. I remember when I was... Um, in ninth grade or 10th grade, I used to, you know, I used to love playing chess and I was part of the chess club. I think I shared this before, but all the geeks were part of the chess club, right? So I kept it a secret. I said, you know, because I had a little rep, you know, people knew me as, you know, you know, I, I, you know, I put in some work in the hallways, you know, let me, let me just say it that way. So people couldn't know that I played chess, you know. <laughs> so I remember when it was time to take the the, the picture for the album, I was so embarrassed, you know, silly. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, I had it. So I stood behind the cameraman. I just said, no, nah, don't, don't put me in the album. Because it was a whole bunch of just, you know, people not like me, put it that way. But one thing I learned about chess is that you have to think two or three steps ahead. You have to think about what you're going to think about. This is what it means to set your mind on certain things. Here's the reason why we are moved from emotion to emotion. 
we do not plan what we're going to think about. We don't plan what we're going to think about. We deal in the moment. This comes to me, I deal with it. This comes to me, I deal with it. What are you going to think about tonight? That seems like an odd thing, because most people don't think about what they're going to think about. They just think. But is it possible that you can actually think about what you're going to think about? When you deal with conflict resolution, right? And I've shared this with some of you as couples. One of the things that we go over with is setting a time and place where you're dealing with a specific conflict that you want to handle, right? And you don't just handle a conflict just in the moment. Can't deal with it right now? Okay, let's set a time and place. So at 8 o'clock tonight, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about this. What are we doing? We're setting our minds to deal with something. Rather than dealing with it in the moment, we're planning what we're going to think about. When you want to live mode over mood, you have to become disciplined in your thought life. And the way you become disciplined in your thought life is that you have to plan what you're going to think. And this is how you do it. One, very simply, and this, we have to get back to this, it's very simple. Meditating on the word, reading books. How many read books regularly? <laughs> Not too many hands raised. We're going to get back to that. In fact, you know what? I'm glad I said that because I just read that, that, that reminded me. We also have books on fasting that I, I promised you that I'd get. So if you want a book on fasting, we have it available for you towards the end of service. So you can, you can plan on that. So let's say you want to fast. You want to seek the Lord. Well, how do you do that? You need to make that your constant meditation before you do it. Because if you try to do it in the moment, you now have to deal with all the thoughts you've been thinking about prior to that moment. And you're constantly conflicted as to what you can actually release to the Lord. But if you make it a point and say, at 4 p.m., at 5 p.m., at 6 p.m., whatever time it is, this is what I'm giving my thought life to. You set your emotions to fall in line with that, and you keep your mind at a certain place. There is a grace that is afforded to you where you can think about what you're going to think about. That's going to keep you from living a moody life. What are you thinking about tomorrow morning? What's going to be your very first thought tomorrow morning? Instagram? What's going to be your very first thought when you, and when you go into work? What are you going to think about? This is what it means when it says, set your mind on things above. And it begins to list the things that are below, the things that are of the flesh, the things that are of the carnal nature. Listen, the reason why people live carnally and they live in the flesh is because they haven't programmed their mind on what they're going to think about. So their mind is an open field waiting for any information to be deposited into it. And once it is received, you just live in that moment. But if you say, wait a minute, my mind is set and this is what I'm planning on. You create a gate around your thought life. And you prevent Satan from using your mind like his playing field. Your mind is not the devil's play, playground. It's not, it's, not his, it's not his place where he just, you know, 
just throws any kind of imagination for you to toil with. No. I remember years ago, the Lord shared with me this. He says, if you begin to discipline your mind, you'll be surprised how creativity will flow through you. I believe that sometimes if you are stuck and you don't have creativity flowing, it's because your mind isn't disciplined to think. The Lord is going to bring that back into your life. There's going to be a discipline of thought and creativity will flow like never before. I was sitting in a leadership meeting years ago and the person was talking about how he has a bunch of creatives in his department and he made it clear to them. He says, listen, I don't pay you to be creative. I pay you to produce. And he was sharing how a lot of times creatives think that they have to have certain elements in order to be creative. He says, no, no, what you really need is a schedule to produce, a commitment to produce, a discipline to produce, and when you have that, creativity flows. Creativity is a tool to produce according to the purposes that you have been given. It's not the end-all, be-all. It's what God gives you to, do, to, to, to produce what he wants you to produce. See, that happens when you make it a point to say, I'm going to think about what I'm going to think about. So if your mind is constantly barraged with various thoughts, this is what I want you to do. Let's just say you want to pray. You don't know what to pray about. It's very simple. I want you to begin to write down what you're going to pray about. Now when you start praying, your prayer is a lot more focused. When you start releasing yourself in faith, you're a lot more disciplined in your faith. Why? Because you've already programmed yourself as to what you're going to release to heaven. This is going to keep you from being moody. This is going to keep you from going from one extreme to the, act, to the next, from one feeling to the next. You want to have an awesome marriage? Oh, this is going to bless you. You want to have an awesome marriage? Think about how you're going to please your spouse this week. Yeah. You want to have an awesome family life? Think about what you're going to release into your home this week. You want to have an awesome time at work? Think about what you're going to do. I know it seems elementary, but this is a key that many of us are missing. We're living in the moment, and we're missing the mode. God is like, no, no, no. You can't come at this in the moment. You need to discipline your thought life, discipline your mind, and tell your mind what it is going to think. And that's how your emotions follow. This is beautiful. Let me share another scripture with you on this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verses 5. For those who live according to the flesh, for those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? Why am I living in the flesh? Why is it difficult to walk in the spirit? Why is it difficult not to walk in the flesh? What are you thinking about? Nothing. That's the reason why. Why is it difficult? Because you're not disciplining your mind to think a certain way. Look at it again. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
You want to walk in the spirit? Put your mind on the things of the spirit. Lord, I want to walk in a manner that is well-pleasing in your sight. Okay, let that be your predominant thoughts. Lord, I want to grow in knowledge of the word. No problem. Let that be your predominant thoughts. Get your mind off of you and off of your, your, your insufficiencies and your deficiencies and your inadequacies and all the things that you see about yourself and put your mind on what God has said about you. You'll walk in the Spirit. Lord, I want to walk in a manner that is consistent with your will for my life. Okay, let that be your predominant thought. Lord, what is your will for my life in this season? What are you saying to me in this season? Let that be your predominant thought and you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. You walk in the manner by which your mind is set on. This is why your mind is constantly under attack. This is why your thought life is constantly under attack. Because if Satan can have your mind, then he has your emotions. If he has your emotions, he will dictate what you do. And if he can dictate what you do, he can dictate where you end up. It starts with your mind. Think about what you're going to think about. Don't live your life aimlessly in the moment, in the feeling. Don't live like that. If you live like that, you're going to be an emotional basket case from one extreme to the next. But if you live disciplined and you tell yourself what your thoughts will be put on, that's how you direct your emotions, direct your feelings, and direct your energy, and direct the end result by which you experience. Somebody say mode over mood. Come on, it says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. I'm telling you, I came here to break certain cycles. Certain cycles and patterns of thoughts and thinking. Some of you, there's a short circuit. There's broken flow in your life. And the reason why there's broken flow is because there's constant inconsistent thoughts. That ends. No more broken flow, no more short circuits. Your mind is set in Jesus' name. What are you going to think about? There's a book I like called The Magic of Thinking Big. Anybody know that book? It's a beautiful book. I'm going to actually read it again. It's an awesome book I think that you should read. And one of the things that you'll see is that you're going to think that's inevitable. You might as well think big. You might as well discipline your mind to think a certain way. And one of the things I love about the book is that it forces a certain discipline on how you think, how you approach things. This is what it means to set your mind on things above. The reason why I'm in ministry and living out my destiny is because I've set my mind to it. I didn't live by emotions. I didn't live by things that just came to me. I didn't just live by the mood, by the moment. I determined, Lord, what have you called me to? Who have you called me to? Where have you called me to? Those are the thoughts. Those are the, th- those are the prayers that I've prayed. Those are the thoughts that I've thought of. That's what governed my decision. That's what governed what I did. That's what governed where I went. And that's what kept me from going up and down, up and down, up and down. Now, I've experienced that at times. I've experienced emotions in different emotions in different seasons. But what keeps me from going too low 
It's because I keep my mind centered on the mode. What is the call? What is the cause? What have you called me to? What is the purpose? What is the will? That's all mode. That is always on my mind. That's always on my lips. That's always my prayers. Lord, what is the center of your call for my life? That's what keeps me from going too high and too low. Somebody say mode of a mood. Glory to God. Glory to God. Look at this. First Peter chapter 1, 6 to 9. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Now, Peter is speaking to believers that were under persecution. And he's really encouraging them that even in persecution, though they were tempted to walk away from the faith, they kept themselves from doing that. So that's, that's the, the, the point of what he's saying here. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. So again, he's talking to believers who are under persecution. They haven't seen Jesus, but they remain faithful. They believe in him. They believe in his coming. And verse 9 says, receiving the end of your faith. How many people have some faith seeds in the ground? Think about that. How many people have some faith seeds in the ground? He says this statement that I love, receiving receiving the end of your faith. You know those faith seeds that you have? There's an end to it. How do you receive the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls? You do that by not giving into the different pressures of life and the different emotions that seasons will bring to you, and you remain steady by keeping the call of God center in your heart. Look at the next verse, verse 13, I should say. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's a very strange statement. Loins are, especially in that time when they had long garments, what they would do is that they would tie up the garments so that they can easily run. They would tie up the things that would be around their hip area, their waist area, and they would literally put it in a knot, right? And it would free them from being able to walk so that they don't trip over the things that, they, they're, that, that they're wearing. And the scripture says, I want you to gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. When your mind is girded, when your mind, the loose ends of your thoughts are tied, what happens? You can rest fully in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You feel like you're everywhere? Just begin to tie up the loins of your mind. Start taking discipline, action over the thoughts that you're thinking about. Stop allowing your mind to be everywhere. Stop allowing your thoughts to wander everywhere. Tie them up. 
type of loose ends cause your mind to be disciplined in what it thinks. And what's going to happen? You're going to enjoy another level of grace, another level of peace, another level of confidence. Your mind, I just keep saying this, your mind is not Satan's playground. You need to start exercising the authority that God has given you over the thoughts that you think. I will not give into these thoughts. I will not give into these fears. I will not give into this imagination. I do not accept this. This is my mind, and I'm taking control over it in the name of the Lord Jesus. I feel a grace on this. I feel that some of you, your mind, once you get your thoughts in line, it's over. It's over for the head of me. It's over. Because that's the, that's the key that he's gotten to, to get you out of the will of God. He's getting you to think a certain way, feel a certain way, do a certain thing. He's moved you here, moved you there. I feel like that's going to end right now in this season. You're going to fully rest in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your thought life will come under control. Your thought life will come under control. Some of you, you know that you're creative but you feel stifled in that regard. I'll tell you why. It's not just, I don't feel creative. It's because your thought life has not been disciplined the way it needs to be. Take this as a charge. I will control the thoughts that I think. I will determine what I think. Watch creativity begin to flow from this point forward. How many creative people we have in here? See, every hand should have been raised. I know why. I know why every hand was not raised. Because when I say creative people, you guys probably think, you know, graphic design, you know, the cool things, you know, fashion, all that stuff. Those are creatives, you know. You got to do it like this, you know, because that's what creatives do, you know. But the reality is, all of you are creatives. And the solutions to the challenges that you experience oftentimes are solved or they are brought out through creativity. Every time you solve a problem, you solve it through creativity. I don't care if it's relationship challenges. I don't care if it's financial challenges. How many people have felt like, man, God... I don't get it. I make enough, but it just don't seem like it's working financially. Do you realize sometimes it's a creative thing that God can give you ideas for your finances and you say, you know what, if I, if I manipulate this and I do it this way and I, and I structure my finances that way, all of a sudden I can experience more in my finances. Do you realize that's creativity? All of you are creative and every challenge that you experience it will be brought about, the solution will be brought about by creativity. How can you experience creativity to solve challenges that you're presently experiencing? Having a disciplined mind to think mode, not mood. When you force your mind to think on mode, creativity has to flow. 
because you're honoring God to say, Lord, this is your will for my life. This is what you've spoken. This is what you have for me. This is what I'm going to think about. You're forcing God to say, okay, you're plugged into this channel. I need to now flow and flood creativity through this channel so that it can bring about the purposes that I have for your life. Every challenge, you have sometimes you, your own family life. There seems to be difficulty. You know, people seem to be, you know, just arguing all the time. What's going on? We don't seem to be on the same page. We're missing it. We're missing each other. Okay, do you realize that creativity is the, is the, is, is the tool you need to bring about peace in your home? Creativity. But here's why creativity, creativity doesn't flow in that regard. Instead of thinking along mode, which is my mode should be living in a home filled with peace. This is the will of God for my home. What do you think about? You think about what you're feeling, what you don't like, what you can't stand. That's what your, mode, that's what your mood is on. So creativity can't flow in that, in that vein. But when your mind is focused on what God has said, what God has decreed, what God has said your purpose is in this situation, you're forcing yourself to tap into a creative flow that heaven is supplying. All of you are creative. You're having a difficulty at your job. No problem. Creativity is the answer. How does creativity flow on your job? Take your mind on how you feel. Take your mind off of your mood and what you're going through and start putting the word of God on that situation and allow your mood to be now conformed to the mold that God has set for you there. And then what happens? Creativity starts to flow. Somebody say, I'm creative. creative. All of you are creative. All of you are creative. And it's creativity that God will use to bring about the solutions you want to see in your life. Creativity will flow when your mind is disciplined. I don't buy that nonsense that creative people, you know, are just everywhere. They don't have to, you know. It's, a, it's an excuse. It's an excuse to live in mood. God is not in that. You can be very creative and very disciplined. And is anybody more disciplined and creative and, and more creative than God? God is extremely creative and he's extremely disciplined. The same is true for us in Jesus' name. I bless your mind. Come on, put your, put your hand on your mind. Put your hand on your, on your head. Your mind will think as heaven is thinking in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every blockage of creativity, I command that blockage to open up. And I command the thoughts of heaven to flood your thought life. You will think on things above, not on things below. You will think on things above where Christ is, not on things below. Your mind is blessed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, you old. You will not lose your memory when you get older. You will not lose your memory when you get older. You will not have a debilitating mental disease. I come against that in the name of Jesus. Your mind is blessed. I want you to begin to declare that over your mind. You will not have a mental breakdown. You will not have it. Creativity flows towards you. Creativity flows towards you. Creativity flows towards you. Now in Jesus' name. You're going to live mode over mood. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout to God if that's, if you believe in God for that. 
This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.